cavemen of the planet Epsilon-1 in the Epsilon galaxy, which is a thousand million light-years from the Earth, have been taught by Dolan and the Gypsies to make fire and cook meat. One of the cavemen, a hunter, accidentally discovers that the fire-making implement devised by Jimbird Flyflower can be used as a weapon, a bow and arrow. Dolan is not very pleased, fearing that this discovery will encourage the cavemen to fight among themselves, to start wars. Dolan, me child, said Jimbird. Don't go worrying your head about wars and such. The fact that they got weapons doesn't necessarily mean they're going to start laying into one another at the first opportunity. Take that from me. Now, just you look at them. Dolan turned and saw that the hunting party had all now equipped themselves with bows and arrows and were obviously setting out in search of food. After a moment's thought, Dolan picked up a small triangular piece of flint, ran over to the hunters and took the bow and arrow from the hands of one of the surprised cavemen. Making a watch-this kind of gesture, Dolan split the end of the arrow with the piece of flint and then stuck the flint firmly into the split and secured it with a thin strap of leather cut from an animal skin. Flexing the bow, Dolan shot a nearby tree. The arrow went deep into the trunk of the tree and stayed there, its shaft vibrating in the sunlight. There was that surprised gulp of discovery, uh, from the cavemen. One of them then shot his own arrow at the tree. He hit it, but the arrow, of course, just bounced off. Sighing, Dolan bent and picked up another piece of flint and presented it to the man, pointing at the arrow on the ground at the same time. The caveman caught on straight away. In fact, they all did. In no time at all, the whole hunting party was busy fixing arrowheads to their sticks. Now this was progress. After a while, the hunting party set off, trooping through the trees and out of sight. Dolan wondered what they would catch. The cavemen's children, at least, had lost their shyness and were now gambling about on the grass with the gypsies. They were particularly interested in old Jimbird, who, of course, had only one leg, one arm, one eye, one ear, and so on. Now this is my kind of planet, he said, as the small, hairy kids climbed all over him, shouting, uh, to each other. Ain't it a star, then? said Ivan. I thought everything in the sky were stars. No, silly, said Dolan, who'd brought a tennis ball from one of the spaceships and was trying to teach the children a simple game of catch. Jimbird said it was a planet. An easy mistake to make, if you don't know about these things, Dolan, said Jimbird reproachfully. Oh, said Dolan. Yes, you see, Ivan, a star is really a sun. It's burning all the time. Ivan looked puzzled. You mean the Earth's sun is really a star? That's right, me boy, said Jimbird, as he engaged in a tug-of-war with a hefty infant who was trying to steal his crutch. 
Get off, you little devil, he said, not unkindly. The old sun's a star with its own planets in orbit around it. We calls it the solar system. And all them twinkling things you sees in the sky at night on Earth, well, them's really suns as well. Thousands of millions of light years away. Ouch! One of the children was trying to swing on Jimbird's beard. Gently removing him, Jimbird continued. Phew! <laughs> yeah, except the cars for the planets in our own solar system. And you only sees them, because they reflect the light of the sun, same as the moon does. But isn't Venus a planet? Said Dolan. And don't they call it the morning star and the evening star? Yes, to both, me child. <laughs> Confusing, isn't it? Their conversations were interrupted by screams from the direction of the river. The gypsies saw a group of the grown-up cavemen jumping up and down on the bank. One of their children, who'd been climbing a tree which overhung the water, had fallen in and was being carried away by the flow of the river. Dolan realised immediately what was wrong. The cave people couldn't swim. Dolan and Ivan raced along the riverbank until they both were ahead of the struggling child. Dolan was first into the water, followed by Ivan. The river was very cold and flowing fast. It was quite a struggle, even for the two of them, to bring the child ashore, because, like many people in that situation, he insisted on trying to climb onto their heads. But eventually, by taking an arm each and turning the child onto his back, they managed to tow him to the riverbank, where he lay gasping and shivering, until two of the cave people, a man and a woman, who Dolan took to be the child's parents, ran up, picked the boy from the ground, and began making comforting noises. The father, quite forgetting his shyness, stepped up to Dolan. Putting out his hand, he thumped Dolan several times on the top of his head, rather hard but in an evident gesture of friendliness and gratitude. He went, uh, uh, rather a lot, and then repeated the procedure with Ivan. And then he did an interesting thing. He walked to the riverside, and watched by his friends. He lay in the water, and attempted to imitate the crawl stroke that both Ivan and Dolan had used to rescue the child. Ivan smiled. Shouldn't we tell him he's only in three inches of water? No need to bother, Ivan, me boy, said Jimbird, who'd hobbled up rather slowly, there being four or five of the smaller children hanging from various parts of his anatomy. No need to bother. Look now. Ivan turned and saw that the man had stood up, waded into deeper water and begun threshing about again. He sank from sight a few times and came up coughing and spluttering, but quite soon, he was swimming about as if he'd been doing it all of his life. In no time at all, the other men joined him in the water and began splashing about too. Quite a lot of water was swallowed. But all things considered, they did pretty well. Yes, said Jimbird with evident satisfaction. A small step for a man, but a big step for mankind. Where have I heard that before? 
and he turned and walked back towards the spaceships. And he smiled as he went. The cave people turned out to be quick learners. Using the same demonstration and copy method, which had taught them how to make fire, cook meat, and fashion bows and arrows, the gypsies gave them knowledge of many things. The first catch that the hunting party brought in with their bows and arrows was a clutch of large birds, rather like turkeys, when they'd been cooked and eaten. Flipper Pilkington took some of the rib bones for hooks, made lines with strips of leather cut very fine, and fixing a feather on as a lure, he amazed the cave people by catching fine fat trout from the river. When a wolf pack attempted to attack them, the gypsies drove them off with burning sticks. And ever after, the cave people slept in safety, with fires burning in the mouths of their caves. Jimbird showed them how to get tannin from the bark of oak trees, and how to cure their animal skins so they didn't smell bad and go rotten. Ivan found some gourd shells, fixed them to straight sticks, and strung them with lengths of catgut. And the cave people learned rudimentary music. It was pretty horrible, even to Ivan's ears. But it was a start. All this and much more would have been very difficult had it not been for the remarkable efforts of Father Out. He had decided quite early in their stay that the cave people needed a faith. And in order to impart a faith, you have to have a means of communication. So Father Out undertook to teach them English, or rather, Irish English. Very sensibly, he'd started with nouns. Every day, he would gather as many people as he could, sit them down at his feet, for they had quite lost their shyness, and he would point out various things and name them. Tree, river, sky, boy, girl, grass, stone, and so on. Then came verbs, adjectives, etc. And before long, the cave people were stringing his words together to make sentences. They were occasionally rather comical sentences, but sentences they indubitably were. Unfortunately, or not fortunately, depending on how you look at it, they not only learned the words, but they also picked up Father Out's rather strong Irish accent. Crispin Lob Mincing had never thought he would see the day when, giving a simple arithmetic lesson to a group of the children, he would ask, What's two and three? And get the reply from a five-year-old clad in sheepskin, Five! Big Ab! Two very happy years passed for the gypsies on Epsilon One. They watched with pleasure as the cave people, with only the minimum of help, began to make their own discoveries. For instance, one day one of the stones that the gypsies had shown the cave people how to put around a fire to prevent it spreading began to melt. It was, of course, iron ore. And it didn't take the cave people long to realise its possibilities. They could now speak. They had all acquired names. They did not seem to have any enemies and Dolan's fears about their having wars subsided. But one day trouble did come, and from a most unexpected source. 
as the cave people and the gypsies were sharing a communal midday meal of boiled beef and carrots, there was a sudden roaring in the sky. Everyone looked up and saw a huge silver spaceship, exactly like the two that had brought the gypsies to Epsilon 1, break through the clouds, swing over the clearing, turn its nose in the air and retro rockets ablaze, lower itself gently to the ground. Well, no, said Jimbird Flyflower. It seems we have visitors. The noise from the engines was cut, and in the silence that followed, the airlock door in the side of the spaceship slid back to reveal a remarkable figure. He was quite tall. He had long grey hair down to his shoulders and a quite lengthy beard. He was dressed in a silver spacesuit, complete with helmet and breathing apparatus. As he descended the ladder, Jimbird thought there was something vaguely familiar about him. Jimbird was right. The man approached, produced a silver pistol from his belt, and pointed it directly at Jimbird's midriff. Okay, fly flower, this is the end of the line for you, said Major General Fester B. Snarkbuster, USAF, open brackets, retired, close brackets. (laughs) 